Welcome to Nerd Talk, the podcast that talks about everything nerdy. I'm your host, Jordan Halstead, and each week, me and my friends will be discussing some of our favorite topics. We're talking superheroes, Star Wars, Pokemon, Harry Potter, and that's just to name a few. You don't want to miss out on this because this is Nerd Talk. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Nerd Talk. I'm your host, Jordan Halstead, and today I've got not one, not two, but three guests with me. I've got Micah and Scott returning. Thank you guys for, for coming back. And then I've got my, my friend Adrian from out here in Oklahoma. Um, Adrian, we're going to start off real quick with what got you into the nerd world? Like what, what is something that you're really nerdy about? Um, and so what, what kind of gets you into nerdism? I mean... I grew up watching cartoons like any other kid. So, you know, watching Static Shock, Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, cartoons were really what got me into it. And it wasn't until high school when I really started reading comic books, which, I mean, I loved even more than the, than the cartoons. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I remember growing up, uh, we've talked about this a few times with other friends, Static Shock was, was huge for me. I loved watching that. Um, I'm glad that I've got another DC nerd. We we uh, talk about it at church a lot with different DC comics and whatnot of what's going on, and especially with the Marvel movies. And now that we're in our Marvel run, um, it's been a lot of fun with that. So I'm going to go ahead and dive right in to our first because we got a lot of questions for a, for a movie that didn't sc- like score well and sit well with, with many fans. Um, and it's not really necessarily <laughs> it is a movie that has three guests on here to talk about it. I know. I'm like. This is going to be the most interesting and entertaining of all of the the podcasts. I truly believe it. So, so what you're so what you're saying, Jordan, is that we're the Fantastic Four. Yeah, we we absolutely are. We have yeah, yep. That's where I'm going. It's incredible. All right, better than any durations of the movies that have come out so far of the Fantastic Four. <laughs> yeah. All right. So after 13 years, does this movie age well? Micah, we'll start with you, bud. Honestly, uh, as I rewatched this film over the last couple of days, um, thought about it in a different light. And I was telling my wife earlier um, that it's just a different perspective. And one of the other questions you asked us was, did we like, um, you know, the heartbeat versus the anger? And I think something that I noticed in this last time I watched it, I'm like, thinking I've only seen this movie three or four times period. And yeah. so um, one of the things I noticed was, yes, he really keeps uh, track of his heart rate through the entire movie. But one of the things that I noticed was the pace of the film itself was very slow. And I think that was intentional on the director's part. Like the movie was actually film slow. There wasn't a lot of dialogue. And I think that was on purpose. It doesn't mean I like it because, you know, I like action and things was, like that. But I think it was intentional. I was, I was right? going to bring so I, that up when we got to that one, which I'm glad that you brought it up, um, because I yeah. think that when his heartbeat gets faster, the movie got faster. Like in, in those yeah. action sequences, I think that, that that was one thing that I noticed with that film was as soon as uh, it, it basically played around his heartbeat and, and his, his rhythms yeah. and things like that. And I, I, I didn't notice it the first few times I'd watched it, but... It, um, I didn't want to give all my, my secrets away with it, but man, you already nailed it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was, it was intentional. It was intentional, but with the first 45 minutes of the movie itself, you know, it was very slow and very methodical. And the other question I, you know, or a little piece of, uh, 
notes that I wrote down was how much different would this film would have been if Ruffalo would have been in that 13 years ago. Oh, absolutely. Versus, versus Norton. So yeah, this, there's just a couple of notes that I took after 13 years. I think that the movie does well, because if you think about phase one and, and think about all the movies that were introduced during that time frame with Iron Man and Captain America, Thor, um, the incredible Hulk and the Avengers, I think that, you know, this one doesn't get a lot of press because, you know, what does the Hulk do besides, you know, being a genius uh, physicist and, you know, Hulk? Yeah. <laughs> There's not a lot that he does, right? And a friend of mine is, uh, where I work was talking to me about it today. I told him I was going to be on the show tonight, and he said that, um, you know, Hulk is one of those people that need a buddy movie. He was in Thor Ragnarok as a buddy. He was, um, you know, very well played in all the Avengers movies. And then, like... Um, especially in Avengers Endgame, like they almost reinvented him in a way because he was, you know, the professor and he was kind of a hybrid. So I don't know, uh, even if they made one with Mark Ruffalo, how much different it would be based on it being a solo film as the Incredible Hulk. I think I agree with that statement. I think moving forward, he's going to have to be in some type of buddy film, even if it's a buddy of himself. Um, where you have like Bruce Banner and and the Hulk kind of buddying up to where they have to like use the brains and the bronze in two different ways. Um, but I like I definitely like that take. What about you, Scott? What what did you think? Does this does this movie stand up thirteen years later, or does it just fall to pieces? <laughs> I guess I mean I guess it depends on what avenue you're looking at. Does this movie hold up compared to Ang Lee's The Hulk? Absolutely. Angley's The Hulk was awful. <laughs> you no know, and, and even looking at it now, I watched it recently, and the uh, just the graphics and everything else was still horrible. Um, as far as the whole MCU and just in general, I, I'm going to have to say no. Um, and I think a lot of it is when you look at... Uh, when you look at... Um, how Mark Ruffio played the Hulk and all like kind of like going piggybacking off Micah, just like he's the buddy and he has his certain roles to do within the certain things, but he's not really carrying the entire scene. Maybe a few scenes he may carry, but for the most part, he's just a supplement character where, you know, it seems like with the Hulk, it's usually just like, Science, you have the science stuff, which most people are like, eh, whatever. But then you, mainly people watch the Hulk because they want to see Hulk smash. Yeah, absolutely. They just, they just want to see him smash. But at the same time, that's not a really good movie plot device as well. I think that even in monster movies, like when you go and watch like a, a Godzilla or a King Kong or any type of monster movie, well, yes, that's the, the premise is the smashing of the city and, and whatnot there's still got to be some type of story. And if you're not telling a good story with the Hulk, which I just don't think that we've hit that yet. I think we could, I just don't think that anybody has yet. If that yeah. And I think, and even with that, I think a lot of it is because when you look at the Hulk source material, I think everybody always goes to the, okay, Hulk smash, or you don't like me when I'm angry. And those are kind of like the two main tropes of the Hulk that every movie tries to do with him. And I feel like it's like, but I mean, you could look, even look at like Frankenstein, you know, with it being close to Halloween, even to Frankenstein, the original universal Frankenstein movie, that character, Boyless Karloff, who didn't even really speak, had more character development than the Hulk did in 
in this movie. I would I would completely agree with that. So, what about you, Adrian? What are your thoughts? Do you think it ages well? Personally, I think it does. I actually had the opposite opinion regarding Frankenstein, where I think this movie does a good job at showing how misunderstood the Hulk is. Like, like Frankenstein, did he want to be created? Not necessarily, but at this point, he's trying to understand himself, what he's doing, while also like trying to seclude himself from people. Well, I mean, I enjoy the Avengers for uh, portrayal of the Hulk, how he's kind of rampaging in the first Avengers and Age of Ultron. Like, because that's again, that's what people want to see of the Hulk. But this one does a good job at showing like there's still humanity in that other personality that's going on. I like that. I think I think that's a good good idea behind it and trying to figure out you know where some of their their storytelling is, especially because now we we know where he's gone. Um, you look at you look at the Hulk. I mean, he, basically because of movie rights, he wasn't allowed to have a solo outing. Um, he kind of got grounded by Universal. And uh, when Disney said, "Hey, let's let's push on the Hulk," they gave him a lot of really cool aspects. I mean, he got into Thor Ragnarok. Um, he didn't show up in uh, Infinity War, but for what the fi- first five minutes of the movie, um, and then like a, a quick scene here or there, like, "No, I'm not gonna fight," and and then he shows up as Professor Hulk. Um, and I'm excited to see kind of where they're going, but in that moment, where did they plan to take him? What was what was the thought process? I mean, uh, you just you got to figure all that stuff out. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I think that for me personally, I'm on the fence. Um, I think that it could be done. I think it I think it's going to Age of Ultron for me. I think that the uh, the more times I go back and watch it after seeing like what they're going to do with like She Hulk and and some of the other stuff. I'm thinking it might age a little better, but that'll be solely because they're going to play back to all of those and like be like, oh, hey, remember this thread that we left open? Yeah, here, here's the conclusion. So Yeah, I also think, though, too, that like um, you guys are a little bit younger than uh, I am, but I think that in the early 2000s, like some of the movies that we thought were good were actually just terrible, like they were filmed film terrible they were terrible like but like if you go back and watch them now 20 years you know you're like man why did i watch that and why did i think it was good right that's fair Dude, where's my car it's <laughs> one of my favorite movies ever right and i think it's one of the dumbest things ever and it was filmed terribly and the whole story was terrible but i thought it was a great movie um but like i think that the incredible hulk film was kind of on the cusp of those early 2000 movies and how they were filmed versus really when Marvel took off and really stepped up their game and really did a good job of filming and producing and editing and making sure that they were intentional about everything they did. And I think that because of that, that movie really suffered because it was kind of like in the middle between not being a good produced film and like trying to be a produced film. And it just wasn't a produced film that was produced well. So, or it was a produced film, but it wasn't produced well. I agree yeah. with that. I, I'd agree with that. And I also would say that, you know, I think once, and I don't know how much this is, goes into it, but I think once Disney bought Marvel Studios, it's a lot easier to have one film company kind of telling you, here's what we're going to do and kind of support you than where, you know, I think like Iron Man was done by Paramount and The Incredible Hulk was done by Universal. Is that correct? But it seemed like that there's different movie companies, even though it was Marvel Studios, they had different movie companies that were kind of 
like for distribution for it. So that could have been an issue of, you know, how many up higher ups are interfering with the film process. Yeah. All right. So here's, here's the next question. What was good about this film? Cause we've got three guys who kind of are saying, you know, it's not a great film. Um, but, but what was really good about this film? Did you, was there anything that you guys liked specifically? Um, was there anything that you wish we would see more of from this film in uh, later MCU, whether it was in Phase 2, Phase 3, or Phase 4 and beyond? Uh, was there anything that you wish would have been played out a little differently? I think I liked the um, way that the Hulk looked in this film versus the Hulk that we see throughout the MCU. And what I mean by that is like, I like the green in his eyes. I like how they're the way that he was shot. It looked more like he was in the shadows um, or like a, you know, he wanted to be hidden in a way, you know, even when he was Hulk. Um, Cause he was ashamed of who he was like as the Hulk ultimately. Right. He wanted to smash everything, but like in this movie, it feels like he was more ashamed of who he was. Um, but moving forward, I would have liked to see, Mark Ruffalo's version of the Hulk, just some of the features of the Hulk character itself be transitioned throughout, you know, whether it was the green eyes, whether it was the way that he was filmed. Cause it seems like in, you know, the Avengers movies and Thor Ragnarok, he was way out in the open. Whereas in the incredible Hulk, he was in the shadows, except for in the direct scenes where he was fighting. If that makes sense. He was kind of a, a like a, a lurking mysterious character that like yes. caused fear. Um, which I, I and so what I liked about this was like I liked the design of the Hulk and I liked the way that the Hulk looked in this movie. What about you, Adrian? Um, I really think I the thing I enjoyed most about this Hulk, this version of the Hulk at least, was his personality and characteristics. Because I mean, like we see in the Aven in Avengers, everything like he's just a rampaging beast, not really. Thinking anything through, just, I mean, which he is, but, like, he's just attacking anything and everything that moves, while in The Incredible Hulk, like, he's thinking some things through. He's swinging through the city between buildings. He, during his fight with Abomination, he rips a car in two and uses them as boxing gloves, which I really enjoyed. Like, he's just not some mindless monster. He is, like, thinking through some things, which, I again, I enjoy seeing that bits of humanity in this character. I agree with that. What about you, Scott? Yeah. Um, I think the one thing that I liked about this film is just, um, you know, even though we, we like to say Hulk smash and that's pretty much like the whole like trope of the Hulk. It didn't seem like there was compared to like other films that they made about the Hulk. This one seemed like they kind of did a good balancing of it. It wasn't so much, Let's go Hulk up. Let's destroy some tanks or whatnot. It was more, you know, kind of more storytelling. Also, I think I love the cast of characters. I thought that how they related to each other was probably the best in any Hulk movie I've seen. Um, from, you know, I thought just everybody did their great part from, uh, and how they each added to the story and kind of made the story a whole. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, I think one of the coolest things that, that came from that, um, was the character development with Ross. Um, I loved general Ross 
uh, and and with the way that like the military busted in on the the college campus, and then like there's that showdown, because I'm like that. I don't know when I when I think of Hulk, I don't think about like oh he's this brainy character. He's not Iron Man. Um, like you've got Bruce Banner, but but the Hulk itself is not really like I'm looking for some big fight scene. And to have him fight the government, and I kind of wish that the government would have continued after him, even though he joined the Avengers. Like maybe like while Age of Ultron was happening, like the Avengers are trying to help, like kind of, hey government, like he's with us now. Because um, I'm watching like uh, uh, it's Avengers or Smitey's hero, and Thunderbolt Ross is after him. Uh, he's an Avenger, and he's still being hunted down by by the military and i'm like i would have loved to see some of that because i don't think that ross would have just quit on him um i like kind of where they they took ross uh especially bringing him into civil war and then into uh end game and black widow i like that but i think those characters deserved a little bit more i also wish they would have kept uh uh betty <clears throat> with Liv tyler i think that she was cast very very well um and i would have loved to see her instead of uh like his Black Widow, like love interest in Age of Ultron. <clears throat> I think I would have loved to to see Liv Tyler kind of be his love interest, show up, uh, kind of like how Pepper did in Avengers, where hey, there's just this little shot where maybe there or she she runs in and maybe she like you just catch a quick glimpse of, oh hey, like the Hulk is trying to protect her, and then she's like go get him, and then like like I think that would have been really cool, um, because I feel like they've kind of all but said hey, this movie doesn't really exist in the MCU. So what do you go, oh, Scott? Go. Well, Jordan, to say like you know this movie doesn't exist in the MCU, being a Disney Movie Club subscriber, you know, like go look, you can get any Avengers MCU film except for the Incredible Hulk. You cannot get that from the uh, Disney Movie Club. So I had to get it from somewhere else because you just can't get it there. So it's almost like even Disney's kind of like. <laughs> doesn't even recognize the film as part of the whole package yeah and i you know i don't know if that was on purpose or if that has a legality side to it but i just it's it's kind of like the 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 stepchild that you're trying to hide or that ugly monster that you're just like uh no not happening like you're, you're not a part of us and it's like the hulk movie i don't think it was a terrible movie i just think that you should have paid more uh back into it like they they paid so many homages back to uh Iron Man and, and Captain America and Thor where it's like why not why didn't you pay a little bit more attention to some of the Hulk things because um, I feel like he got a very hard reboot when Mark Ruffalo walked onto onto the scene so yeah no I was what I was going to say is that like to, to two things like you know obviously they went on a little bit of a tangent when Mark Ruffalo took over and the whole Black Widow love interest and like they even like they did that in Age of Ultron and then even in like um was it Infinity War when yeah. she they saw each other again and she was like, "Hey Bruce," and there was kind of like this tension, but not, and it was there. You could tell it was kind of awkward, and then like they kind of just let it go by the wayside, right? And then even in Endgame, after she dies, um, you know, he was devastated by that. So she what going no, back to yes, going back to spoiler, going back to the Incredible Hulk film, um you jordan do you think like we talk a lot about like the different variations of batman you know was ben affleck a good batman or was he a better bruce wayne or was christian bale a better batman than he was a bruce wayne and michael keaton and we go on and on and on i almost think that like 
I like Edward Norton's version of the Hulk, but Mark Ruffalo's version of Bruce Banner. Like, I, I think that that's I a good. That. I think I, I, I think I like it the other way around. To be honest, you like Edward Norton is that? I mean, well, okay, that well, was my question. So, I really wasn't taking a stance. I yeah, guess I, yeah. I was more. So, so I think. Like, how do you feel about that? So, yeah, because we do, we do talk about you know who played the better. That wasn't even a question, egos. by the way. Yeah, yeah, not e- not even in there. But uh, I think for me at least, I think one of the the biggest things that I love about Edward Norton is he looked the part um, of Bruce Banner where Ruffalo doesn't. Um, and, I, and I've said this a million times and I'll say it a million times more. I'm not against someone of a different color being like, whether they're darker, lighter. Um, I don't care about religious backgrounds. I, I don't care how you write the character. Just write me a good story. Um, but I have problems when you're doing it just for like representation where Mark Ruffalo seems like he's kind of, a little bit darker skin where I'm like Bruce Banner is like the ultimate nerd, like hiding in, hiding in a, a room, super pasty white. And I feel like Edward Norton just kind of looked that part. Um, I'm not against Mark Ruffalo. I think he's, he's the better all the way around. Um, but in that moment, I, I think that if I had to say which Bruce I prefer um, just for comic book accuracy, I think I would have to go with, with Edward Norton. Um, and I think that he, he portrayed and i think this is just a storytelling piece i think that it was written in a way that they specifically said like hey betty i need you to be uh safe i'm going to protect you where they haven't done that they haven't done like this big love interest uh i mean they 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 touched on it with black widow but they didn't like do this whole like and uh uh civilian needing safety and, and a protector um and i feel like edward norton played that role with Betty when, when they had Betty. Um, so I think, I think he, he was like, no, that you're my priority. Like I'm, I'm doing this for you. I'm trying to stay safe for you. I'm trying to get rid of the Hulk for you because I love you. I want to be with you. Um, I think that's, I think that's why I think I like Edward more as Bruce. And to take it a step further, um, you talked a little bit about just a few minutes ago about how, um, you know, you wish they would have taken Betty into the, you know, into more films or, perhaps even, you know, introducing her down the road. Do you think it's too late to do that at this point? I don't with think so. I, it being so far along in the story, unless we go way back in time with the multiverse and whatever. I think what's going to have to happen is it's going to literally have to come into a moment where you're going to see, and I, this is the only way I see it playing out. You're going to see She-Hulk and there's going to be a blood transfusion. She's going to get the powers. And as like Bruce is leaving, like, Hey, I called Betty while you were here and like she just shows up and he's got this like oh crap like like what just happened kind of situation and then maybe they they walk off of set together going to grab a, a cup of coffee or something cuz now that he's he's not a bad guy hunted by the military anymore um he's a recognized superhero. So I, I don't know if it's too late or not um but that's really the only way I see it is like she's not going to have a big role. I think she's going to be even less than what Jane Foster is to Thor. Um, like the love interest who's just not there anymore. Um, I think that's the way they'll, they'll go. Dark world. <laughs> All right. I'm moving to the next question. Did you guys appreciate the Stanley and Lou Ferrigno cameos? Yeah. Like I liked, I mean, I think the Lou, the Lou cameo. I love, I like the Stan cameo and I, I'm going to 
take my I'm gonna step out on limb and say it's probably one of the best Stanley cameos. I would agree with that. For the, it's, it's, for, it's, the, for, the, for the sole reason that and this is gonna sound really silly, but the very first Lego Marvel game you Stan can play as Stan Lee, Stan and you can hit the little button, and he becomes like the Hulk, and it's like the best thing ever. And that's the only time I've ever seen a Stan Lee cameo character actually transfer into other mediums outside of that movie. I think that was one of the coolest moments, because I was like, wait, time out. Are we going to get Stan Hulk? Because I'm totally down <laughs> if we see like this moment where... like. His, his muscles start to bulge or something like that and they have to like take him into quarantine and that's like where he goes there. Oh man, I, I, I enjoyed that one too. Um, I definitely enjoyed both these cameos. One, like, that's probably the first Stanley cameo I can remember. I'm, I'm probably the youngest person on here right now. I'm 23. So, but... <laughs> That was probably my very first Stanley cameo that I can... Young remember. Skywalker. I know, I know. I'm not the young gun over here anymore. <laughs> but uh, I remember when The Incredible Hulk was coming into theaters, and to build up to that, uh, Sci-Fi, the channel on Basic Cable, uh, was playing all the original Incredible Hulk episodes with Lou Ferrigno in it. So I was mm. binging those leading up to the movie. That's so awesome. When I saw him in there, I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. What about you, Micah? I think it'd be too easy to say the Stanley cameo, but like as I was watching it over the last couple of days, because I watched it in kind of pieces, because you know I work at a church as well, and it's kind of hard to watch it in just one sitting over the last couple of days. And um, I did a wedding over the weekend, so actually saw that I think this morning when I got to work, and it just hit play as I was finishing it up. Um, but I, I love the Luferigno cameo especially just because he's going into the college and he's like dude if i don't make the money for this pizza i'm gonna get destroyed by my boss and and he just he takes it he's like i got a free pizza for you and he just takes it and he smiles and i'm like ah oh, it's just so good and he's just like he's like go ahead and so it, it was great I, I really like that it was just it wasn't like over the top and if you weren't like a super nerd connoisseur of comic and stuff like that you probably wouldn't wouldn't even realize who that was so it was good it was smooth <laughs> as we continue into the the mcu series that we're doing right now uh we'll talk a little bit more about some of those cameos but i love that marvel um with with the disney banner <clears throat> especially um they grab people who have played those characters in other mediums um and i love that i think that it's it's super cool to see like uh, tropes being done with some of these characters, uh, different people coming in to play these. And I just, I think it's, it's really cool all the way around. Um, so how do you think it would have aged had Mark Ruffalo been in this movie or if Edward Norton would have stayed in the MCU? Do you guys think that it, it would have done better? Um, had we switched out the actors and, and it just been one person who played the entire way? I think, you know, we talked a little about this in the Iron Man episode a couple of weeks ago, but like the guy that played Rhodey and then, you know, it ended up being for the better, like, <laughs> because the guy that played Rhodey moving forward, I think was a better fit long-term. And I think Mark Ruffalo was the same way. So like, I think if you could, um, rewind history, if you will, I, I don't think that I would have changed it, even though I'm for like the same actor being the same role throughout an entire series or, you know, set of movies or whatever. Um, I think that it worked out for the better. 
who's to say in, you know, five, 10 years down the road, if we're still doing Hulk stuff that, you know, Edward Norton just doesn't show up in a cameo, just like we t- just talked about, you know, Lou Ferrigno, like who maybe, maybe that happens. Maybe that doesn't maybe with the multiverse. I, I don't know. Anything's up, you know, in the air at this point, everything's up in the air at this point. So like, I think, no, I wouldn't have changed it. I think it'd be really cool if they, because we're now doing a multiverse thing and we've been talking, we've been talking about this multiverse concept a lot lately. Um, I think it'd be really cool if Edward Norton was a multiverse Hulk um, and either showing up kind of like how you said, or, and, and Scott, you're going to have to help me with this one. The, what, right. what is the, the villain that Hulk is? It's he's on the video game. Um, he's in the future. Oh, Maestro. Maestro. I think it'd be really cool if like, like you have Edward Norton, like digitally his face, like is Maestro, like, on like the Hulk, I, I, I'm oh, that would be really cool. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think when I think about you know if we had, I mean, I feel like if we had Mark Ruffio, I'm kind of like with Micah. I'm kind of almost happy I'm that gonna, it's gonna, that gonna it is the way it is because Scott, you know, Mark Ruffio. Scott, I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna stop you real quick. Are you calling him Ruffio? I don't know what I'm saying, man. I'm Mark saying lots Ruffalo. of crazy. <laughs> Ruffalo. Like, he's sorry. over here. He's like, it sounds re- like Rufio. 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 Oh, he's just a hook. He's just Hulk, <laughs> not a, hook. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to like, maybe I'll just mispronounce his name every time so then I'll just make the viewers mad at me. My, my favorite thing is that the other day he's like, hey, sign me up for the Incredible Hawk. And like he texted that he used he used speech to text and it said the incredible hawk and then he texted me later he's like it was supposed to say Hulk not hawk <laughs> but I mean because if, if you look at just how the characters develop with Mark the way Mark handled it very you have the Hulk things but very kind of more sincere very loving kind of very more brain smart and i feel like that's kind of where culture has shifted i mean we're not really don't want to see the solo very angry gun tooting like rambo type character anymore that type of hero we want to see someone who has a little bit more you know has a little bit more depth and a little bit more kindness and like heart and a little bit more softness to it um so i'm thinking if you would have put mark and the Incredible Hulk, you would have to rewrite the entire film to kind of make sure that his, though how he portrayed the Hulk kind of connects with everything else. And the same with Edward Norton, you know, you throw Edward Norton into the Avengers as the Hulk, you're going to have to like even change that whole dynamic too, just the way he portrayed it and how he views the character. I would agree with that. What about you, Adrian? Um, so I'm definitely in the boat of I prefer edward norton's hulk but mark ruffalo's bruce banner but having seen edward norton's hulk you know first time like first before mark ruffalo at such a young age uh he was the one that i always thought would stick around for it so i really i really did enjoy his portrayal but uh, i do think mark brings a lot more I mean, like what, like what was said, like softness and gentleness to the character of Bruce Banner, which I think 
works really well because you see you see him be more of like a down to earth scientist than Edward Norton was in The Incredible Hulk, which I think works in his favor of being that personality. But again, I would love to see Edward Norton's esque Hulk come out. I would have preferred to have seen that in the MCU rather than Mark Ruffalo's Hulk. Well, in The Incredible Hulk, uh, just to kind of piggyback off what you said, it was almost like Edward Norton in The Incredible Hulk was on the run. He was on the run from everything the entire time, just trying to keep himself from becoming the Hulk, exposing himself, um, keeping himself from the government, you know, and all that stuff. Um, the entire film. Whereas if you get to Avengers one, it was already all out in the open. Right. And like, it just, you know, they knew who he was, they left him alone. And, you know, I think you can, right. Is that a fair assessment? Do you think? Like, I, I think so. I think, well, let, let me say he was more way. like he it felt like he was more on the run in the in the incredible hulk than he didn't have to be I think moving forward from the avengers on and i think that's because of the way shield intervened um where mm-hmm. in the first one shield didn't have his back um and with the avengers initiative i i, I just i don't really know cuz they make the reference i remember in the in the beginning of avengers they said we keep interest, some interested parties off your tail and so, like, he's on the run, but like you said, they don't play into it. Um, some of the yeah. some of the big factors, and I think, had they continued that process of him being on the run, even as Natasha said that to him at the beginning of Avengers, she was yeah. like, "We've been keeping our distance." Yeah, and I think yeah. had had they played into it more, and like Avengers one, two, three, four, like he shows back up, and but he's still kind of on the run from the military. Like, hey, I come, I help out, uh, do do my thing, and then I run. Because the military is going to come in because I've, I've hulked out. Um, I think that would make it for a little bit more fun of a story. Because um, he's really, like, as far as I've always known, Hulk has, has pretty much been a on-the-run character. He's not, like, had pardons or anything like that. Um, heck, they even shoot him into space and planet Hulk uh, because he becomes too destructive. So, uh, that's, that's just, yeah, I, th- I think I agree there that he... They they played into the whole on the run better with, with Edward Norton though. Yeah. So back to to Liv Tyler, um, because I think that she was probably one of the best female uh, love interests other than Pepper. I'll give Pepper, uh, but I think that's just because Gwyneth Paltrow had so many iterations with with Pepper, um, and so many runs. Uh, as her to to continue that story, I think that's why I'm going to give the number one spot to Pepper. But I would say that my number two pick for love interests has to go to Betty Brandt. Um, what did you guys think about Liv Tyler's portrayal of her? Uh, what did you guys think that they kind of scrapped her character? I mean, we kind of talked about it a little bit of, is she too old to come back? Is it, is it too much? Uh, like, will we even know who she is if she came back? Um, but what, what are your guys' thoughts on that character and the, the actress who played her? I think she did a really good job. I liked how she hurt like this version of Betty Brandt, how Liv Tyler played her. Like she's very much like she, we need to get this stuff done. She takes action. I love how in the taxi ride, she's like yelling at the taxi driver. She's making sure like <laughs> he, he knows that he screwed up with how he's doing his job and everything. So I would have, I would love to see her, come back into the MCU with how like kind of almost laid back Mark Ruffalo's Bruce Banner is to see kind of like the 
dynamic between them because they almost seem like polar opposites at this point if she were to come in as the same character from the incredible hulk i like that mm. yeah i was <laughs> as i was watching it today i couldn't help but think of the lord of the rings <laughs> i just <laughs> kept thinking of Liv Tyler in the lord of the rings because that was the majority of like film exposure right like i think that was she was mostly known was for being all... steve tyler's daughter not so much of her oh, acting i ability. i know who's her dad who no, her I'm, dad but, is. but, but I'm what i'm saying, saying is that, like, at that point that was really what she was known for was her dad yeah, not yeah. not the film and i'm agreeing with you on that is that was saying that like in her acting career i think that was like you know people are going to know her more for Lord of the rings than the incredible hulk so when i was watching it i was like <laughs> lord of the rings <laughs> aragorn <laughs> Lord of the Rings. <laughs> but I think, that, like, you're right, Jordan. I think she did a great job um, portraying this character. I don't know that she's too old. Um, moving forward, if, if we were to get a callback um, for her character moving forward, um, who knows, Kang the Conqueror, maybe, you know, just pulls her out of space or something. Who knows? Um, <laughs> I don't know. But I think that, like, like you said, Jordan, I think she did a great job as... Uh, Betty Brant, and I liked her specifically in this movie because I think she played well off of Edward Norton, and just the acting was... They paid... I think if you didn't pay attention to anything else in the film, like their relationship and the dynamic between those two were great. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I agree yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I think... I feel like Liv Tyler doesn't get enough credit for how great of an actress she is. Um, because I think there's been other things like almost lesser known movies after her stint with the Lord of the Rings where she actually does great work. So, and I mean, just kind of, you know, agreeing with Micah, I think just her dynamics, how her and Edward Norton, how they played off each other. I mean, it was great. And it, yeah, I think that was probably, probably one of the highlights of the movie was that relationship and how they interacted with each other. Absolutely. I think I think those two did very, very well together. Um, and I think that moving forward, if they were to bring her back in, she would be an excellent addition. Um, kind of like how, how Adrian was saying, I think she I, I started thinking about this. I think she would give him a run for his money. Um, it would it would it would be really cool um, just to kind of see where they're going. So uh, other characters from this movie, would you like to see more abomination and more of the leader? Um, we saw Abomination show back up with uh, Shang-Chi. Um, so if you haven't seen Shang-Chi, go see the movie. Micah. <laughs> um, Friday. I'm going Friday because I have the day off. Uh, Friday. All right. So when we when we record next week's episode, you better be telling me how awesome this that movie was. So anyways, um, with Abomination, we we know from the trailers and stuff, like Abomination shows up. Uh, but but one one character I think that they didn't press hard enough on, and I think what would be a really cool, at least for me, I think it'd be really cool to see like the brains and the bronze, and have like an abomination and the leader being the villains for a solo uh, movie. Like yeah, we had abomination, but abomination really wasn't the villain of the Incredible Hulk. It was more Thunderbolt Ross and, and the military. Um, and I think it'd be really cool if you saw the leader doing like brain stuff and fighting the Hulk, and then you have. Uh, the abomination fighting the Hulk and him having to kind of split from being professor Hulk, which I 
I think they've, they've kind of started to go that route. Um, but with, with all that, I'm like, I think it'd be really cool to see if the two have to partner up and more buddy, buddy, uh, or like buddy cop, uh, their, their movie where it's the two of them together. Um, so do you hope to see the leader and abomination show back up as villains, um, in future MCU projects? I don't know how they can. I mean, anything's possible, right? But I don't know if they can unless, you know, She-Hulk, right? Because we've talked a little bit about She-Hulk. Like, what are they going to do there? You know, could they just re... You know, could they do a generational thing where they have another generation of that or another iteration of, of Abomination? Um, but other than She-Hulk, like, they've not really revisited the Hulk story other than him being in Avengers movies and in Thor Ragnarok. So... I'm for it, <laughs> but I just don't know how they can. Well, I know that the cast list as of, uh, it was a couple weeks ago I looked at it, um, Emil Blonsky, uh, the guy who played him, I forget what his name is, um, He he's on the list for playing Abomination. Um, and so they've, they've Tim, got that Tim guy. Roth? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's Tim Roth. Um, so, like, he's coming back, but I would love to see the leader. I think the leader would would bring a different dynamic um to it i mean i i don't really know how much i can speak into this because personally i don't know a whole lot about abomination the leader so just because i'm just gonna stay quiet on this one (laughs) honesty honesty love it it's fantastic in the podcast world I mean, really, to be honest, when you mentioned the leader, Jordan, I really had to, like, really think back and go, okay, who is that? Because, I mean, it's – I mean, I've watched it probably about a week ago, and I still don't remember because it's just – Yeah, so so for for all of our listeners, if you're trying to figure out who this guy is, um, it was Mr. Blue. Um, He was the guy uh, corresponding from whatever university – was it New York University? Something like that. He he was a scientist, um, and he had some of uh, Edward Norton's Hulk's blood, and he one of the canisters broke. He was communicating back and forth with Bruce. Yeah, he was communicating, and then he had some of this blood sample, and he replicated it, and the whole place just started to, or they, they had to burn it all down and all that, but one of the canisters broke, and he had been cut, and there's just this one really cool scene where you see, like, the blood dripped into his head, and his, his like, skin started to like bubble a little mm-hmm. bit like bulge out yeah and i'm like i think that there was such a missed opportunity um because you know we've got villains like hydra and the red skull the mandarin the ten rings um ultron loki you've got all these like very memorable villains um and and ones that we would know from comics and and you don't have to be introduced to necessarily the same way because you're like oh hey i know exactly who this is but with the leader, I think you they missed a, a huge opportunity to use him um, because that would that w- could have been a really really cool way to to bring him in and and do like some mind games and um, I I just feel like we don't do as many mysteries and and like movies that are are focused on like trying to trick the audience um, and I feel like that would be a really cool way and and I've I've said this a few times I think the MCU should completely drop the superhero act and try and do like super your typical superhero movies. Um, and those are in big air quotes, but I think that instead they should play to genres. 
um, they should do like where Captain America and, and all of like shield stuff is more like your, your spy thrillers. Um, and I think that you could do like a murder mystery with Hulk and him, ha- him having to try and figure out the leader. I think that the leader was just a, a missed opportunity. Well, and even, and even, and even with that, I think just with the experimentation with the television shows, with the Marvel television shows, you can kind of almost get to some of that idea. And even, and I would even say like when I watch Shang-Chi, I mean, that's reminded me of me watching a Bruce Lee film, like very martial arts, very, so, you know, it didn't seem like your typical superhero movie. It was more, more like Kung Fu martial arts movie, like watching IP man or whatever. Yeah, I, I completely agree there. All right. One of my favorite questions to ask is, did you catch Bill from Freaks and Geeks in this movie? Um, This is also the same actor who later becomes one of the teachers in uh, Peter Parker's school in Homecoming and Far From Home. Did you catch him when you were watching it? No, I had to look it up to see who it was when you sent us the questions. And then like, I was like, oh. That's really cool. <laughs> okay, so so my backstory to this is I remember watching this movie with my dad. Um, we didn't go see it in the theaters. I don't remember why we didn't go see this one, but I don't remember seeing it in the theaters. And we were talking and uh, like about it afterwards, and he's like, did you see Bill from Freaks and Geeks? And it, if you don't know Freaks and Geeks, it's basically Youth Ministry 101 from the 90s. It was a one season. Uh, it had James Franco, uh, Jason Segel, um, uh, I'm trying to remember who else is in here. I mean, there's there. It's basically where a lot of these guys got their start. Um, and this is one of their first big acting experiences was on this TV show and it only had one season, but it, it was really, really cool. Um, I very much enjoyed it. Uh, and to see bill, uh, that was really cool for me. Cause I saw him and he lifts the pizza up and he's just like, Hey, <laughs> and I'm just like, Oh my gosh. And so seeing that it, 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 kind of helps me relive a little bit of childhood um and it was it was just something really cool and then to see him again uh come back into the spider-man series um i wish they would have said something about him like yeah i used to work at a university and then the hulk came in like i feel like that would have been a really cool way to like attach his character um so that it was like one continuity character mm-hmm so we we found bill from freaks and geeks but did you like the change um, I guess I guess we've already talked about this a little bit. Uh, did did we like the change from uh, it being uh, a heart rate thing instead of it being anger? Uh, did we like that? Do we wish that it would have stayed that way? Um, we talked a little bit about the pacing too, which I had that in my notes. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna skip Mike on this one. But Adrian and Scott, did you guys like the the heartbeat? I had a really good answer that had nothing I'm, to do with that's my why I'm saving answer. you for last. <laughs> Oh, I thought you were just going to no, skip I'm, me I'm all skipping together. You, I'm skipping you for, <laughs> for the moment. You, you always like on certain questions. Mark Rufio over there. I was yeah. like, I, at least I got his name right. <laughs> I, I always see you and there's this glimmer in your eye and I know that you're going to bounce the question back at me and I'm like, I'm going to hold off on him. I've got two other guys that I got to get this one. Stay back, Micah. Stand down. <laughs> So, oh, so Adrian, God. did you uh, did you like the heart rate thing versus anger, or did you feel like it was a stupid thing? Um, it was definitely a change for me, especially watching it as a kid, because I'm so used to anger being the main trigger. But 
in high school, I started watching the TV show Teen Wolf, the MTV spinoff from the 80s movie. And one of their main things for when you transform into a werewolf is not just anger, but the heart rate as well. But they also played into like when your heart rate goes up with anger, it's different from when like say you're just a hormonal teenage boy thinking about sex. Like it's not like different heart rates, different reasons for your heart rate going up or what caused the change. So like thinking of that and then thinking back to this movie, I was like, okay, I could, I could easily see how like anger by itself like I so they they ran off the whole heart rate going up. That's why him and Betty couldn't get intimate because his heart rate is going up. But I could see how they could look into it a little bit more and think, oh well, it's not just the heart rate; it is what causes your heart rate to go up, like the fight or flight reaction, not just mm-hmm. intimacy or anything like that. So I I enjoyed it. I think there's more they could expand on with it. So I, I would have loved to have seen, like I said, see them expand more on that. Yeah, and I would say, I mean, if I liked it better than Anger, I mean, I would say I like that they did something different that kind of ties into Anger with the heart rate. I feel like anytime you do Anger, you, you're always open to doing something really slapsticky and cheesy, like, oh, I stubbed my toe, I'm getting angry. Uh-oh, I'm turning into the Hulk. Oh, no. Like, you know, you don't have to do that because the heart rate kind of keeps everything level and kind of makes things a little bit more interesting as far as how you develop the character and how you write the movie and what situations does Bruce find himself in with his heart rate and how does he try to control that heart rate and that elevation to be able to try to find a try to run from run from Thunderbolt Ross and all that. I uh, I love the idea that Bruce Banner stubs his toe, screams, and then just immediately hulks out like that. that I would have loved to have seen that. That would have been great. Be like, ah, and then like break the table or something like that. That he stubs his toe on. That'd be cool. All right, Mister Micah, <laughs> what glorious thought do you have that you need to share? Glorious purpose. Yeah, I was about to say that. <laughs> well, now I feel like there's all this pressure on me. Uh, <laughs> no, I two things. One. Um, I like the anger better than the heart rate because as I was watching this film specifically, thinking about how bad some of the early 2000s movies were, and there was like a thought that crossed my mind, like he's running all over the place from the government and he only hulks up like three times in the entire movie. If I ran like he ran, I would be hulking up because my heart rate would be 200 miles or 200 beats per minute. And I, and I run and I cycle and I do all these things. And so, and I go to the gym regularly. So like, I'm thinking to myself, man, he's got to be incredible shape, right? To, I see to what not you did there. Hulk he was in and incredible the, shape. Yeah. Incredibly, incredible Hulk. Right. Um, the other thing though, the reason I think I like the anger thing was when we get to Avengers one, one of my favorite scenes in the movie is when he is pushing his buttons to try to see if he can get him to hook up. And then Captain America's like, have you lost your mind? Like, <laughs> it's one of my favorite things because you know, he's not really worried about his heart rate in those movies versus, you know, mm-hmm. the anger thing. But like, and what, what's one of the lines? Um, he's like, that's the difference between you and me. I'm always angry. Uh, that's my I think secret. it's in Avengers that's my secret. one. That's my secret. I'm always angry. 
Oh yeah, that's my secret. I'm always angry. So I I like the anger personally better than the heart rate thing. I wonder if part of the heart rate played into Avengers, like like a subtle hint. Um, because if you notice, like he kept breathing. Like I mean, clearly everybody's breathing, but like if you notice, like some of the some of the moments, it just seemed like he was really really calm through a lot of it. Like in moments where everyone else wasn't, um, until the one scene where he is manipulated into becoming the Hulk. Like he literally is just breathing through a lot of it. And like, he's kind of shy, a little bit timid. He's like, Oh, you're going to put me under submerged water. <laughs> Don't think that's going to work out. Like he, he's, he's like kind of getting a little anxious and then he like calms down real quick. Um, when they walk inside, he just kind of steps back. Um, and so I think they might've started to play into that, but they were like, we're not going to make like, it's just like a subtle hint. Um, but that's my thought there. All right. My last question for tonight is, do you hope uh, to see some solo Hulk movies in the future? Um, and I'm going to expand on that a little bit. Do you think that even uh, like a Disney Plus series soloing the Hulk uh, would be good? Long pause. Uh, Everybody's keeping their heart rates low. I, I'm I'm going to say no. Like I'm going to say no. I just don't see the Hulk. I have a hard time trying to see the Hulk. The Hulk. I'm sorry. I can't even talk. The Hulk. The Hulk. And... The Hulk. The Hulk. What was the other one? The Hulk guy. Instead of the hot guy, you got yeah, the, the Hulk guy. You do you want the Hulk? Oh, the Hulk gets all mad, dude. Like, sorry. Yeah. Um, but I, I just don't, I just don't see it because I feel like anytime you try to do a solo outing with that character, you only have so much limitation on what you can do with with the superpowers and everything else. And even with the TV show, you can probably do some bite-sized increments, but still, you kind of run into the same problem. You don't want a trial of the Hulk re- refresh from the from the no. Rigno? You don't want that? No, no, no. I don't need to see a Hulk get into a bare-handed fist fight with a bear <laughs> in the woods. Like, I don't need to see that. I do. I so need to see that now. What about you, Micah? I mean, I think we kind of are with She-Hulk, right? I mean, Ruffalo's been casted for that, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. And I think to answer your question, I guess we are going to get that if we're going if you're if you're talking specifically about the Disney Plus stuff, which is a series. Um, you know, moving forward if they do um, you know, depending on how they do, you know, the Young Avengers and that would include, you know, include She-Hulk. Like, She-Hulk, get her own movie, and would that include Mark Ruffalo as the Hulk? And what iteration of the Hulk? And but I'm kind of in the same boat where I'm like, we even need one. Well, my question, I guess, that just comes out from this spinning out is, is he relevant anymore? You know, as you guys were talking about earlier, um, we're not about that Rambo gunslinging, action hero we need more depth of characters do we feel like there's enough depth with the hulk to sustain it has it's reached its peak at this point because like we've talked about it in previous podcasts you know you know citing the adventures movies like 
you know, they've done Bruce, they've done Hulk, they've done Professor Hulk and like the hybrid of all that. And like, what else can you do at this point? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Honestly, I think if you're going to, if you're going to uh, give him any type of like movie or TV show, I think you're going to have to revisit um, Incredible Hulk. Uh, I think you're going to have to go back to some of that and, and go back to some of those roots um, kind of as a, like not necessarily a restart, but kind of a we're, we're touching on this because we didn't touch on that movie um, too, too much back in the day. And I think that's the way they're going to have to go. Adrian, any, any thoughts on this one? Um, honestly, I would have loved to have seen a live action planet Hulk movie. But with the direction that they're going with Mark Ruffalo's Hulk and everything, with how they've portrayed him so far, and having already kind of touched on that, I guess, in Thor Ragnarok, I don't really see them, at least anytime soon, doing anything like that. Man, I would have loved a Planet Hulk movie. That's one of my favorite comics. Um, I did hear in uh, the rumors that World War Hulk may be the next Avengers movie. Um, So, who knows? We're just kind of along for the ride at this point. But, guys, thank you so much for, for hulking out with me on this one. So, uh, if you're a listener, thank you so much for supporting us uh, by listening to us. We are officially uh, podcasting on Facebook. Uh, that started less this past week. But we want to encourage you to like and share. Uh, make sure that we get the word out. Uh, and we will catch you guys here next time on Nerd Talk. Nerd Talk.